Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 66 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. We are part of the Hooked on Wrestling podcast network. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast from wherever you get your podcast from. We really do appreciate each and every one of you who takes the time and trouble to download. Please do subscribe to us, rate and review us, give us five stars, tell the world that you love us, unless you think we're rubbish, in which case, keep it to yourselves. My name is the Twisted Genius Dinaeus, and I am joined as ever by my esteemed co-host, sports communist, my co-horse, the editor of Hooked on Wrestling website, Liam Hap. Hello, Liam. How is day whatever the fuck it is of lockdown treating you? Wait, there's a lockdown? Apparently so. Well, are, are it's you... kind of, you know, most people are, like, still working from home and stuff, aren't they? You're not You're not just referring to that pay-per-view where TNA overdid the cage match? Well, yeah, everything, everything since March has been a cage match. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I'm enjoying everything being a cage match. It's fantastic, yeah. Um, and yes, people, he did say I am esteemed. Not fried, not baked, I am steamed. Yes. To go with all my other... Uh, I know you said esteemed correctly, but I might as well pun it up. Um, I'm a little disappointed, Dino, because we made such a big deal about episode 65 and pension jokes are plenty. Yeah. I'm really struggling to come up with something really, really piffy for 66. So allow me to say this something, something Jules Rimet, something, something really long road in America. That's all I got for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just waiting for three episodes time myself. So, you know, <laughs> we, we're going to be unbearable. Oh man. It's going to be the sexy episode, you know, I think that episode will be nice. I'm I'm just thinking who who uh, who we want as the as the ideal guest for episode 69. We're, we're going to have to we're going to have to ask Twitter. On. We'll ask Twitter because I can't wait to see the responses. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, well we we have no guest today because this is a Nitro watch along. Um and this is uh the episode of Nitro from the 11th of March, I do believe, 1996. Um, we didn't have a Nitro the week before, March the 4th. This is the first one of March because it turned out, I, I looked this one up because I was wondering why, um, and apparently um, there was a a Civil War miniseries that was on TNT and that um, preempted Nitro. So, um, and apparently it did better ratings than Nitro. <laughs> Well, it beats a fucking dog show, I suppose. Of course, yes, because um, that's the one time a year that Raw on the WWF would be preempted, wasn't it? The Westminster Dog Show. That and the US Open, because if you remember, Nitro started off with a with a nice little unopposed cushion, thanks yes. to Tennis's US Open, Flushing Meadows every September. 
Oh. You can tell I used to work for Eurosport, don't can't you? <laughs> Absolutely. So the the Westminster Dog Show is that? I'm presuming that's like the the American equivalent of Crufts or something, is it? it? It has to be, and that's the way we we're gonna look at this in a very Pepper Army Slim Jim manner, aren't we? Yes. Oh man, like the Mars bars. Three Musketeers, Milky Way. Oh, we should have saved that for this show, all this uh, transatlantic translation we, yeah. we're discussing. We should have saved that. We, we had a good one there. I, I can't remember which way round it was now. It was... A Milky the, Way in America is, is what a Mars we would call Mars Bar. Yeah. That's it. And what we call the milk And what we call the Milky Way. What we, ah, our God, Milky Way, see. our Milky Way, they call the Musketeer or the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. And right. I was telling those people in America that they should deep fry their Three Musketeers because our equivalent deep fried was better than our Mars bar. And yes, I am trying to contribute to their obesity situation. Like the um, what, what was the sandwich that you were talking on Twitter with Crowbar about? Fool's Elvis? Gold. Yes. Fool's Gold. The, the one and only WCW alumni crowbar. We are actively trying to get him on this show. I'm sure because we've spoke about it publicly, he won't mind me saying. Uh, he, he has a very busy life. He still wrestles. He works in the medical industry, obviously, at the moment. He's a key worker. But as soon as we get that opportunity, we're going to try and have him on this show. It'll be amazing. And yes, he and I were discussing Elvis's penchant for fool's gold sandwiches, which was an entire loaf of bread. Uh hollowed out then you stick in pretty much an entire pack of bacon uh an entire jar of peanut butter an entire jar of jelly jam to us brits um i think there might be a couple of other things you wouldn't think it needs much more but it might be a couple of other <laughs> um ingredients and then you put the top of the bread back on and bake it and he and his friends used to jump in his private jet this was in the getting fat phase for elvis you can yeah. you can imagine um and him and his friends would get in a private jet and go out to where it is the the exact location this famous place escapes me it was a bit of a, a plane hop from uh graceland though and they would go and have one each on an impulsive private jet uh munchies run and i always i, I said like the, obviously it's ridiculous so you know, it's like eight thousand calories in one loaf of bread but i would love if i was ever to do like a middle america route 66 hey tying it into episode 66 if i was ever able to do that i would love to maybe share one of those with like eight people I have a piece of it. I don't want the whole thing. I just want a piece of it, you know, just yeah. to try what it's like. Fair enough. Yeah. I tell you, the one thing that I, I can't get my head around, and I have tried it, is bacon and maple syrup. Huge fan of it. I mean, I, I like them both independently. And I've got to say as well, I bought just recently, I bought a, a jar of that Marmite peanut butter because everyone was telling me how good it was. And I've got to say, I was disappointed. It's kind of neither one thing nor the other. But I think I'm very much in the, the minority with that one. Weirdly, when it comes to Marmite, I actually, I'm the exception that proves the rule. I neither love nor hate it. I can happily eat it. It's acceptable to me. But funnily enough, every time Marmite have tried to diversify and made Marmite flavoured food products, that's different. Yes, I can safely say I fucking hate them. I've never had a Marmite product that didn't taste rank. But Marmite itself, spread on some bread or toast. Yeah, why not? Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett. 
the chosen one. And you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Right. Shall we uh, Shall we crack on with the watch along? And, and um, end this amazing conversation we're having. I was going to say, otherwise we could just talk about transatlantic food culture. That maybe will be a, our next a, branch off, yeah. I was going to say, maybe that's, uh, that's the new uh, Because the new junk food. <laughs> the podcast where the big bellies play. Oh yes. So um sponsored by Diabetes UK. Um <laughs> and before anyone goes, Oh, you're making fun of diabetics, I'm diabetic myself. So you're allowed to, that's the law. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um so we are, as I said, episode um I think it's twenty seven, I believe, of um of Nitro, but it's dated March the eleventh, nineteen ninety six. If you do want to watch along with us, we are currently on zero 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 zero. We are going to hit play in three, two, one. Cue burning buildings. I have burning buildings. Yes, I have Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt and leg dropping someone. But what do you they... have? What do you have on your screen? Um, I, I now have Lex Luger posing and Sting splashing someone. We we know you have Hulk Hogan stripping off his shirt in your room. I just wanted to know what was on your laptop. It's it's standard, absolutely standard. Yeah. So, um, and Eric Bischoff has welcomed us to the war zone, which I'm absolutely <laughs> convinced was was what they called Raw. Wasn't like the first hour Raw and the second hour the war zone. Yeah, and that would have been a little bit of time after this, maybe a year, nine, nine to twelve months away. That is. Ah, oh, okay. Interesting. They could have ended the Monday Night Wars with one well-timed lawsuit and they missed their opportunity. Yes. So we've got Road Warriors against the Nasty Boys. We've got the rematch six-man tag with the, all the all the lumberjacks with leather straps after that disastrous tying up of Hulk Hogan by Miss Elizabeth last week. I'm glad you said by Miss Elizabeth because I was ready with another joke. Yeah. And uh, what the fuck is that poor dog wearing this week? Oh, is that is that a wizard's outfit? It looks like some sort of. I mean, look look that, at that dog's sad face. Look at its haunted eyes. It doesn't want to be humiliated like this on national television. All of his mates have taken the piss <laughs> down the dog pub. It he is, tries to wander in for a for a pint. Yeah, is some he's basically got he's, a party hat and cut it in half and shoved a dog through it. He looks like he's dressed to party and yet going by the look on the poor sod's face it's a harrowing hybrid between really upset really embarrassed and really bored and he's listening to Mongo so fair play on the latter. That dog is it does not look like it wants to party it looks like it wants to escape. <laughs> it wants to go to Raw. <laughs> <laughs> And we've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan starting things off. Now, this was something that we, uh, we were talking about on, on the Hooked on Wrestling website a little while ago when um, the 4th of July rolled around. And we said about, you know, our uh, great, greatest American moments in wrestling. And, and one thing I actually pointed out was how Hacksaw Jim Duggan can basically get himself over anywhere in the world with the same gimmick. And I've been in plenty of shows in the UK where he's had the whole crowd chanting USA and eating out of his hand. It's yeah. simple, but fantastic. And, and and also the guy from every single account I ever, I've never met the man myself, but every single account I've heard is that he is like the nicest man in the world. 
Well, that was basically, and they always say about extensions of your personality being successful characters. And he doesn't get put in that list a lot, but it's true. He's a genuinely nice, affable, likable guy. And he brings that into his personality. And people say he's very charismatic. He is, don't get me wrong. But it's that natural likability that is almost, it's the touch paper for his charisma. And as a result, he can have people eating out the palm of his hands. Whereas some people have to try a little harder to be charismatic with, with the catchphrases and the man with him he just has to be really happy go lucky and good luck to him it's always worked i love it but he's gonna die here i'm afraid oh this this i would imagine won't take too long this is uh peak giant giant in his peak yes absolutely still in great shape shape sorry which is weird to see oh but douglas got a jump on him this ain't gonna last long is it I wouldn't have thought so. No, Duggan's peppering him with fists and the Giants not really selling him. And Duggan's great in this role as well. Of, he he will not lose any credibility by getting beaten quickly because he's just popular as ever. But he will make the Giant look good by losing quickly here. Oh, Giants hammering him with kidney punches to get yeah. uh, Duggan off the mat. This is before Duggan's uh, battle with cancer. Yes. Still a a little (laughs) bit indirectly uncomfortable, but then it's nowhere near as bad. Considering that he's in the future, it's nowhere near as bad as that time Vince Russo had Goldberg actually target his kidneys after his return from cancer. Yes. Also, it's worth mentioning in the the background that we've got two printed up signs advertising (laughs) Brian Pillman's uh, 1-800 or 1-900, whatever it is, the, the premium rate hotline. Oh, and I haven't taken uh, it down yet. They have. It's, or is that part I'm of the, sure. He's gone by this point, though, isn't he? Well, yeah, he'd gone a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Unless... I can see Doug, Doug Dellinger is in there, in the crowd there. Oh, there... Oh, hang on, be, no, yeah. the commentators are mentioning it, so this is got to be part of the... This has got to be part of the angle. I can't see Pillman yet, but maybe it's either we him were, or an associate. Yeah, maybe we were premature in saying he'd made his last Nitro appearance, which is what we kind of assumed a couple of weeks ago, I want to say. Yes. Before Super Bowl, that would have been, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, they've spotted it's him. Pil- yeah, I think Pillman's at ringside, they've said. So, yeah, okay. here we go. It's all part of the storyline. And he's still making Nitro appearances. That won't last long, because Uncensored is on his way. And we know he's out the door come Uncensored, isn't he? Because he looked yeah. at that eight-on-two match, and he said something that Randy Savage would make famous. Nope. No. Yep, here you oh, go. There Pillman is. in the background is being hauled off by Doug Bellinger. <laughs> Kicking and this was such a great angle at the time as well because I know you know we we see these supposed shoot angles nowadays, but in 1996 that kind of thing did not happen. It genuinely didn't happen. This was the first of its era, and this you know spawned so many copycat attempts that failed dismally. Um, and, and that was just, it was a great angle for Pillman. Um, but, you know, he double-crossed and worked WCW themselves. Yeah, well, that's that's what they put themselves into. You've got to remember, as, as cool as it looks in retrospect, a lot of fans in this crowd and a lot of viewers watching were still a little bit confused. They, you, you can't, As a fan, you do need a little bit more uh, involvement, transparency in it for it to work. 
Uh, with, with that at the time, they tried to really blur the lines. And as a lot of people, including that moron Russo, has shown, uh, you, you blur them too much, people just drift off. Yeah. And if they'd, if they'd have been a little bit more explanatory with it, it would have been cool. It would have been edgy. But yes. sometimes they try, they, there's just this instinct in wrestling. Those within the industry just have this instinct. They want to pull the wall over their fans' eyes and they wonder why they can't draw crowds. Mm. Um, also, it's worth mentioning that while all that was going on, Duggan was in a, um, Duggan was in a bear hug and he counted it by biting the giant's nose. Wait, this match is still going on? Yeah, I think, I suppose because of all the stuff with Pillman going on in the background, they, they had to just kind of not do particularly much, like a bear hug. But Duggan is now, wow, great bump by the giant. Duggan's clothesline giant over the top, and he really snapped over, landed on his feet. Duggan's still in the ring. Duggan landed on his knees. He actually looks in worse shape than the giant yeah, Giants got back into the ring and got up quicker than Duggan. Great selling, to be fair. He can sell quite well, and he's also got really good... You know, he's a, he's a good TV wrestler. He's been on TV at this point for over a decade. Mm. And he knows when to get those facials up, like when he was hitting Giant early on with the rights, and he looked at his fist like, normally my right hands are really effective. Like, yeah. And the camera was in perfect position. But... I mean, this hasn't been terrible by any means, but I'm just shocked it's still going on. Yeah. Giants should not be going this long with anyone at this stage, unless it's a, a a fellow main eventer. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, we came into this thinking that this would be that this would be a quick squash. Yeah, like Pillman's Duggan, gone now, so Pillman's why not? gone now. Yeah, exactly. Duggan headbutted Giant, and Duggan fell down, and Giant stayed on his feet. <laughs> basically bounced off of him yeah what's he doing now he's, he's, he's repeatedly trying the... to cheat which is a little bit off-putting he's taping he's wrapping some some of the gaffer tape that's around the the mats around his fist hmm. as if in the wrestling analogy that this is meant to make your fists harder when you've got a bit of plastic tape around them it yeah. works if you tightly bind them, but maybe, but not if you just wrap a bit of loose tape around your fist. Well, Although Giant is selling it and he's yeah. gone down. He did pull out the wrist tape he's been using a lot at this point in his character, Duggan. Uh, he was stopped from using it. This was a few minutes ago. Uh, so he's 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 basically, he's uh, he's been resourceful and he's pulled some up from under the mats. But it's still a lot of cheating for a likeable baby face. And now Jimmy Hart's in the ring, and he's been headbutted, and Jimmy Hart is now out of the ring. But that means Duggan's distracted and walks right into a choke slam, up and down. Good bump! Wow, great choke slam there. That was a fantastic choke slam finish. But I, I would agree with you; definitely went way too long. Uh, do you know what we we tend to use pass foul as as the barometer? on these watch-alongs, and objectively speaking, I'd have to go past for that, because it wasn't yeah. bad at all, and yet I just, it was very long for what, it, for what it was, and Duggan got a lot, which is kudos to Giant, I suppose, but considering how early this is for the Giant, I always think when someone's being portrayed as a, as a main eventer, 
or world champion maybe for the first time. Bear in mind, Giant's going to win the world title very soon. Spoiler alert. I feel like you've got to be a bit more sensitive in protecting them. And then when they're established, when they're tenured, they can withstand a, a, a bit more uh, going long against lesser people or even losing now and then. Uh, Giant at this stage, surely he needs a bit more than that. But no, do you know what? That To me, that was the equivalent of being in the, the waiting room at a, a doctor's clinic or the dentist's and still waiting for your appointment 20 minutes later. <laughs> just get on with it. Just just finish it. You know, not, not saying it's a bad thing, but hang on. It's the Steiners. The Steiners on motorbikes. It's so... supposed to be the Nasty Boys, and I'm pre- is this not the Steiners' return? Um, what from WWF or I'm trying to think because they were there nine. No, they left WWF a while ago, haven't they? Or they were in ECW in '95. I think this is their return. Oh, so the tag team ranks just got another bolster, and the Road Ooh. Warriors are due out here next. So that's interesting. To be fair. Well, that's a bit of a dream match, isn't it? I mean, if they... that's what we get, because uh, Bischoff said apparently the Nasty Boys have been quote unquote taken care of backstage. Because apparently, if a babyface does that in a backstage assault, it's a you know, it's just casual. But if a if a heel does yeah, it to no, a babyface, no it's heinous. There. Yeah, yeah, no, no cameras to record it. Yeah, we just we just uh, we just speculating. Yeah, here come the Road Warriors. They've showed up the Steiners in their gear, and they've just entered the ring. This is like Edge and Kofi Kingston in the chamber. Commit an assault and you can just walk on and take the match. Yeah. Does 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 day-to-day work go like that? Because I might, well, I might have to I was... find a better job, walk into the office, kick the shit out of someone and sit in their <laughs> chair. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, wrestling HR would be... I mean, that is... I tell you that, that is a gimmick. I, I did suggest once, but we couldn't really think of how where it could go. But having having someone who basically is, like, quoting UK employment law in a wrestling scenario obviously would have to be the heel. Well, um, you, couldn't, you definitely couldn't do that be... now because they couldn't be the heel because we need that. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely, I'm, I'm very happy to see and I'm very proud that you are active in the changes as well. But yeah, we are getting positive changes for the wrestling industry. So it definitely wouldn't work now. The only way you can make it work is just to make them, because some, some HR departments come across as just needlessly meddlesome and pointless like like your appendix don't they so maybe have them just come in and weigh in on conversations and correcting people's aggressive language and that i don't know it'd be right to censor-esque but yeah it'd be it'd be a little less appealing to a casual crowd it might it might have them as confused as that brian pillman spot it it would be it would be a comedy gimmick i think but um Mm. Now I'm thinking, did these two teams face each other at Starcade 89, that tag yes. tournament? That was yeah. the finals of it, I believe. Which should have been, if not. They've not wrestled a ton of times otherwise. But no. the, you can tell the crowd are, are Ooh, aware nice of the... Ah, oh, the rolling thunder he does. I love that. Yes, before Rob Van Dam called his tumbling scent on the rolling thunder, 
Scott Steiner had the rolling thunder suplex, or at least Scott Hudson always called it that on the Channel 5 version of Worldwide, not the ITV oh. one. Okay. But, but yeah, the crowd are aware of, of how big a deal this is, and mm. this is heated. This is good start so far. I'm also saying there's absolutely no way in the world we're getting a clean finish for this. Someone's getting DQ'd, or maybe the Nasty Boys are running in or something. Yeah, as long as we get a good match, I think we can pass that. Because you, I, ideally, you should build between two. We should build two a match between these two teams at a pay per view. Oh, absolutely. But I'm also just thinking of uh, the Road Warriors' reputation, shall we say? Yeah. And let's face it, the Steiners didn't exactly do many clean jobs themselves. That's true. Do love his neckbreaker, Hawks. That was one of the few moves he did really well. So the commentators are talking about uh, the uncensored match where Sting is in a Chicago street fight because Lex Luger agreed to it, even though he didn't know what a Chicago street fight was. That was funny, Lug- wasn't it? Yes, that was brilliant. And Luger is in the, uh, the clusterfuck cage match, of course. So Sting, at this moment in time, is uh, partnerless. Mm. And you also remember that there was a there was a match between the Road Warriors and Harlem Heat. So there's definitely an issue between those two, the way that match finished on a recent Nitro. Mm. Dot, yes. dot, dot. <laughs> Big pop for the dog-faced gremlin and animal. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, they, you know, we're, we're used to seeing a few more cutting edge talents on, on these Nitros, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Benoit's and that. But so far, they've they've delivered with some really good names and we've not had the usual, considering we've got to enjoy that main event later with with Hulk and Brother Brutai, uh, the booty man. We're Ooh. getting some good names here and some interesting matches if only oh, that... He caught him with a forearm there, didn't oh. he? Jesus. Two would... stiff Steiner lines. Yeah, and here we go. German suplex. Would you would you say, would you agree with me that I think both of these guys, although they won the world tag titles in the WWF, they, they just weren't the same in the WWF as they were in WCW. They didn't have that same aura about them. Both teams? Both the Steiners and the LOD. Um, I don't know. I, they... Funnily enough, as fate would have it, I think they both had a really good start. I, I, I you think of uh, SummerSlam '91 when the Road Warriors won the belts from the Nasties. That was pretty cool. Steiner's had a couple of title reigns, had a couple of really good matches. Uh, that feud with Money Inc. That's one of my low-key bangers, all-time favourites. Had a cage match with Money Inc. on like mm. a TV special before SummerSlam '93. Search that one out. It's amazing. Uh, I thought they were good, but I suppose because their reputations were so sky high. Same with Ric Flair in 92. He had a cracking run, WWE. But you can't compare it to NWA, can you? Yeah. I I I think Flair was great in the WWF. They they kind of treated him with 
gave him he had the aura that he should have had in the WWF. But I think these two these two teams, to me, always suffered from that. They weren't creations of Vince, so Vince wasn't as invested in them. I think they did pretty good. Remember, Ric Flair is is a top guy, top guy in WWE, top guy WCW, top guy in WA. The as tag teams, sometimes these guys guys would main event some shows i suppose but for the most part they're mid upper mid as a tag team that's the way it is and that that was what they were in WWE. but i i really enjoyed their early work obviously um the steiners tailed off lod tailed off and then when lod came back a year after they went back to WWE. that wasn't much but i thought that they seem to have like a good rookie year in the not obviously they're not rookies but a good good first you, yeah. year yeah good um Freshman year in WWE is better words for it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they 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 were never gonna be world champion like Ric Flair, and they were never gonna as, aspire to the heights of their their NWA pomp like with Ric Flair in '89 compared to WWE '92. But no, maybe that's just me. I did enjoy them early on. So this one's slowing down a little bit now. It was a hot start, but. I've uh, I've noticed two guys facing the hard cam in suits, and one way one wearing sunglasses, and they look particularly suspicious. And not too far from them are some fans who seem to have been early inspiration for the Deaners. Remember that TNA gimmick? They're still resting in Impact. <laughs> they are. The Deaners' uncles or fathers seem to be in attendance for this Nitro. I haven't, let me see if I can find them in the crowd when we go to a shot of the hard cam. I'll I'll be a bit more descriptive when we get there. Love that tattoo of Rick Steiner's. Oh, brutal cross faces. All right, see stripy top next to the 51. Well, the 51 is a Dina as well, to be fair. Yeah? 51? No, I haven't found. Front oh, row, front row. Yeah. Hard come, I beg your pardon. I said hard no. cam, not like that. 51 oh, I see. and a strike yep, top yep. next to him. It's the Deeners. Yep. It's the Deeners. Hot take hook coming up. I have to admit, that is something that my brother and I used to do when we were watching boxing matches. If it was a bit shit, we'd, <laughs> we'd find crap lookalikes in the uh, ringside area <laughs> facing the camera. Like well, there was this one time I watched a boxing event. I think it was uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, and we noticed that there was a uh, like a a sixty-year-old lookalike of Paris Hilton, and then we realised, <laughs> oh no, it's Paris Hilton. It's Paris Hilton. <laughs> Big power slam by Hawk on Rick Steiner. Scott is out of the ring. Both the Road Warriors are in the ring. This doesn't look good for uh, for for Rick Steiner. They're signaling for the doomsday device. Scott is trying to get back in the ring. We're coming to the end of the match, quite obviously, but what's going to happen? Everyone's on their feet. Oh, that was a, a gentle bump for the uh, the uh, doomsday device. Do you know Not what? like the jobs. I thought he was, do you know, Rick Steiner has turned those into power slams from other teams before. Mm, he Can you imagine if he did that there? That would have been incredible. Uh, save it for a pay-per-view, brother. True, true. Earlier on, Bischoff mentioned on commentary about the Doomsday Cage having four cages. Can you imagine? That thing was bad enough with three. Can you imagine if it had a fourth tier? Oh, God, that would mean more people and a longer match. Oh, now Hawk is being put up on Doomsday on from the Steiner's shoulders. Yeah, 
But Hawk looks pissed off. He he's like surprised and angry. He slips out. Animal tried to cut them off. But Scott's still up there. Rick's down with a belly to back suplex, but Scott comes off with a tackle. This is Animal a good closing stretch. Yeah. Ref's lost all control because there's all four guys in the ring. I've got no who idea. Who cares? This is awesome. This... And you know this isn't going to be a clean finish, so I'm trying to work I out what's going to happen. I know, but let me enjoy it, all right, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of a little bit of a drag in the middle, these four guys have just gone at each other. And it makes you wish there was more high-profile matchups between the two. Yep. Frankensteiner! I love the fact that Rick Steiner's holding Hawk back, and then just as the pin's made, he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it off." Yeah, that go. was daft. He, he must be knackered or just an idiot. That's a shame. But that was a cracking and- Frankensteiner. Now they're going for the Doomsday again. Oh, and Hawk, an animal's got something in his hand. Doomsday bulldog. Already- there you go. There's your DQ. Oh, no. No DQ. The ref didn't see it. He smacked, he smacked Steiner in the head with something. And they win it. So, not a clean pin because of the, the uh, interference. but So, w- when when they got the win over um, Harlem Heat, we said it was a little heelish and, and you would sympathise with Harlem Heat. And that was an outright heel turn. And yeah. that was a hell of a snarl at the camera from Hawk, seemingly to cement it. Okay, fair enough. Well, I don't know if they actually properly went heel, but they're clearly a bit more um They're certainly being positioned before. as that for, for Uncensored. Yeah. It was hard to really pick up on that when we looked back to Uncensored on that episode yeah. because the match was just so fucking dull. But... Yeah, in a way, I suppose, against Sting, of course. Yeah. But then Sting's aligned with Hill Lugo as tag champs, and he then goes into business with Booker T, who's meant to be very shades of grey. Hard to keep up with. Mean Gene is in the ring with the Steins. Ah, we're going to get the Scott Steiner promo, everyone. Steiner math. Steiner math. Been hunting the road warriors for four years. So yeah, it sounds like they've been in Japan an awful lot out after the WWF run. They were, yeah. And DCW for a for a, a short period. They're really doubling down on the heel turn, aren't they? Minjin tried to interrupt him and Scott Sines just completely steamrolled forward. Mean Gene is kind of uh, dressed like a university professor today in a lovely tweed jacket. Oh, yeah. And bow tie. You can imagine him lecturing you on calculus or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard for the Steins to complain too much if the storyline's to be believed and they've assaulted a tag team backstage and just taken their spot. Yeah. Also, Mean Gene was desperately trying to get Rick Stein to stand in the right place and stop walking in front of him in the hard cam. We do love Marvelly and that the little subtle ways Mean Gene used to direct traffic, don't we? Yeah. And they, uh, you think all, all of the current crop, really, of, of today's interviewers 
they always have them backstage, same position, same reactions, same. It's so, ah, oh, mm. mean, mean Gene could, could organize an interview from any position, any situation. He's the diamond cutter of interviewers. <laughs> he is. Oh man, we've got a, an advert for uncensored two weeks away. Christ on a bike. I am all for free speech and no censorship, but it's fair to say that the majority of WCW's uncensored pay-per-views, I really wish they were censored. Yeah. We don't need the First Amendment for that. I mean... (laughs) I don't think it did a particularly good buy rate either, did it? No. Well, they always fail to come through with it because it'd be silly gimmicks and yet there'd still be disqualifications. Yeah. So it would never work as a concept. Whereas if they dived in and really had like violent matches, the, 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 the things like if you're guaranteed to have one Cactus Jack and Max Payne-esque tag team brawl, etc. Instead, we got that silly uh, homage to the Tupelo food fight between... Harlem Heat and the Nazis, which mm. was basically just four men slipping on mustard. Yeah. Here comes Alex Wright. And his awesome entrance music. But the oh. new television champion. Did you hear that? Uh, Bischoff said this was supposed to be a rematch between Alex Wright and Johnny B. Bad, but but apparently Johnny B. Bad didn't feel up to it. So that may explain the sudden change of titles again. Was that Johnny B. Bad gone? Well, with that, with that bit of shade by Bischoff, I thought it was a little later, but... We'll have to look that up later. He's still bad-mouthing Johnny B. Bad. I love uh, Luger handed his two belts to some... Uh, stagehand so he could do his double bicep pose and then grab them straight back with a look of how dare you hold my belts to the guy he'd given his belts to. Yeah, he gets a lot of flack, but he he was doing great at this stage. What the hell is this? This is uh, supposed to be the... uh, I think this is the hotline. (laughs) Now, I think... I think these days this would be called stalking and harassment, but basically we have we've literally got Mean Gene disguising himself as a waitress and hiding in people's hotel closets so that he can uh, record them um, in conversation and who knows what else. <laughs> it was a different time, a... Liam. It was uh, a different time. But please tell me there is an actual clip of that. I might have to cut it myself if I can, otherwise, because that was hilarious. What, Mean, mean Gene dressed as a waitress? That was ridiculous. That, that, is our, that is our picture. So this is, uh, I'm guessing that it, this was meant to be Alex Wright challenging for the world television title, and seeing as Luger won the title off of Johnny B. Bad, that, um, that it's still a TV title match. But it's, well, it's a weird one, because you'd think Luger was kind of, too big for the TV title. It's it's generally an undercard title, isn't it? Yeah. And you well, it's it's one I've ranted about many times on various shows, so I'll, I'll try not to embark on the same old, same old. 
Yeah, but at least it's being defended on TV because it was it was uh, defended on most nitros, but generally speaking, in non televised dark matches in traditional WCW logic. It does beg a question though, and bear in mind, like obviously anything smaller than a than a national TV promotion, fair enough, they probably shouldn't have two mid card single styles. But is there room on the major? companies so in today's parlance that would be uh wwe um may maybe impact is there scope for them to have a second mid-card title and we know like it's been tried with the european title things like that but for me it's a bit much yeah i think you should have your world title your secondary singles title and and that's that's it as far as the the because the reason they did this, WCW and the NWA, they did it with United States and television because the TV title was a gimmick of sorts in that it was defended on TV and it would be short matches. And yeah, as much as I don't like it, at least they went for something. It would be t- a time limit thing where you had to try and beat the champ as quick as you could. So that was the rationale there, whereas the United States title is basically, you know, that is a stepping stone to the big belt. But still, even even saying that, I don't think there's much shirt for it. No, because if if you have too many titles, then it just it just dilutes things, and they become they become meaningless. Yeah, because it's almost. I mean, we've we've had this when we've been at. Um, the hooked on wrestling Wrestle Kingdom parties and like every I think they had a, a, like an eight one time they had a, an eight or nine match show and all but one of the matches was a title match yeah and, and they, too much they they get away with it New Japan because they have built a business model where they they get very good crowds based on the premise of having sporting competitions um they can kind of get away with having the premise that any major match is better if it's for a title. But yeah, to a lot of us, and considering how much they're really trying to expand outside of Japan, and they're doing a decent job so far, but to us, the titles are overkill. And it's hard to gauge which one's more important than the others. But for now, the Intercontinental and the IWGP heavyweight title are in the same place. And it's not Naito anymore, it's evil. Yes, and uh, in in NXT, the NXT title and the North American title are both in the hands of Keith Lee, who is a tremendous talent and an equally tremendous bloke. He he wrestled extensively in the UK a few years ago. I worked closely with him. Lovely bloke and tremendous, tremendous pro. And it's only a matter of time before he's on the main roster, hopefully wrestling Brock Lesnar, because that little... Mm exchange between the two at the Royal Rumble that left me wanting more then definitely definitely nice hot shot by Luger yeah Luger is now getting angry about something whether that's yeah he he whether that's uh, legit or if if he's pissed off with something or if uh, if he's just becoming heelish he's he's yeah he's He's not getting things his way as much as he thought we would with Alex Wright. So he's, and these two also wrestled each other on a recent Nitro. Didn't they? This is a bit of a return match, I want to say. But he's getting uh, flustered they... that Alex Wright isn't finished already, basically. Right. 
his character work at this period, I think he's at a peak with his character work. Definitely. Uh, in ring, probably 88, 89. He, that was his best in ring yes. work, wasn't it? But at the moment, his characterization, he's been given a fantastic character and he knows it and he's loving it. He's loving it. Yeah, you can tell he he's enjoying it. And I totally agree. This is the most enjoyable Lex Luger um, I've witnessed. Do you ever get the impression sometimes, Dean, that with certain actors, when they get certain appearances in certain films, that, that you get the impression that as soon as they read the script, they had a big grin on their face from ear to ear because they knew Ooh. it would be so much fun. That's the impression I get from this, this incarnation of Lex Luger. They're uh, talking about Loch Ness and the Giant. And we've not seen any of that on Nitro, so I'm guessing their split has already happened on Saturday night. It's hard to keep up with. Mm, must have. A very, very close two and a half count from Alex Wright and a beautiful looking missile. Sold well as well. This match is really going well. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Hart is out. Kick... Alex Alex Wright went for a cross body block, but Jimmy Hart kind of just delayed things for him. Luger's caught him another hot shot onto the ropes. Not as good as the and first think, hot shot either. No, but he's more knackered, I suppose. And Luger gets a very dubious three count, and now he's celebrating like he's earned a tremendous victory. And Jimmy Hart continues his thing where he would perform hit and run manager interference where Ooh. Luger is kind of staying away from him for the sake of not pissing off Sting but Jimmy Hart would rush out and just do enough to make sure but that was a I bit of a lame just... finish to a good match I thought I just love the way Jimmy Hart's jumping around just look, just look at him the way he's moving it's so funny Ooh. but yeah that, that it was a bit of a weak hot shot maybe because he's he's more tired and it sells that I don't know but um Look he should have just caught him and turned it into a wreck. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, that would have been awesome. So here's the main event. So it's Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, I want to say, in this yeah. on-off, 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 on um, alliance between the Horseman and the Dungeon of Doom. And yeah. they're up against Hulk, Savage, and the Booty Man in a triple strap match or a lumberjack yeah. strap match. Lumberjack strap match. And so Miss I'd Elizabeth imagine, packed yeah, have... a good bra this week. <laughs> I'd imagine we have lumberjacks at ringside brandishing straps to whip people back into the ring with. The old fans' revenge gimmick. Hmm. I love there a fan tried to reach out to to touch Elizabeth as in like touch her shoulder, nothing dodgy, and uh, and she just like put her hand up and moved away, like don't want to have anything to do with you disgraceful stinking fans. Oh. Here we go, we have lumberjacks in lumberjack shirts, including <laughs> it's men, and the blue bloods who have got their their kind of little ruffled cravats over the lumberjack shirts that is the funniest little detail i've seen in quite some that is brilliant that is our cover photo i think yes oh that's as glorious. much as i would like mean gene dressed as a waitress no i want to right. i want to try and clip 
that advert or find maybe someone's already uploaded it i want to get the actual advert as a whole video and stick that up on twitter because it's like a 30 second spot so i'd love to rip that if i could hot start everyone's going at it straight from the off macho man still in his gear I have a, a, I have some disappointing news in a special weekly update, Dean. Kevin Sullivan is not dressed as an old lady. Oh, we've now oh. got giant. Has Loch Ness accidentally hit the giant, and now they're they're fighting each other. Loch Ness has the shirt just draped around his shoulders because they can't get one that fits him. <laughs> And you've got to see that as a... That has to be a big disadvantage to the Hills who are never going to win in a million years anyway because you'd imagine that they were banking on both of those guys to be very pro Dungeon of Doom and Horseman at ringside. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, this won't last much longer, but we're still at a stage where watching Saturday night every week is, I suppose it's still kind of important to keep up to date with all the storylines because we are a little confused with the status of Loch Ness and the Giant. Has that just started? Has it already uh, kicked off and is it continuing? Who knows? But very soon, Nitro will become the focal point and it'll be a lot easier to follow storylines. You'd imagine. But then it's WCW, so. Yeah. Um Hogan is no selling for Flair, just to make a change. Yeah. Kind of liking the chaos of this, so I, I won't lie. It's, yeah. We've, it's... we've got Road Warrior Hawk is fighting someone I can't identify now. Regal and, the, and Meng and Barbarian are getting involved. After turning Hill, apparently, in that match earlier, they're now attacking all the Hill tag teams on the roster. Oh, my head hurts, Dane. And here comes the uh, soon-to-be booty babe with some uh, with some roses for uh, presumably for the booty man. Yeah, well, that's another sign that uh, Johnny B. Bad is out the door because they're quickly moving her from being smitten with Johnny B. Bad to smitten with uh, Ed Leslie. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but you know, any time, uh, any time a woman has shown interest in me, which obviously happens all the time, the thing that I love her to do is to give me a bunch of roses. Yeah. Oh, I love roses. You know, strawberry cream, orange cream. I love it when a lady gives me roses. Uh, I knew that was coming. No, you didn't. I was about to make this similar crap joke myself and you beat me to it. Well, you can't because you're diabetic. See, it goes both ways. That's true. <laughs> for, uh, for our overseas listeners, uh, Roses is a, an assortment of miniature chocolates made by Cadbury's. And they're traditionally, Very nice. And traditionally uh, eaten by uh, British households at Christmas time. They're Easter. a popular gift, aren't they? Like, yeah, get Christmas, well Easter, or be a good teacher, weekend, get them roses. Birthday... Tuesday, you know, any special occasion. <laughs> Tuesday, I love Tuesday. That's my favourite special occasion. Yeah. Um, just to catch. We see my this... my other half is a is a teacher, so it's it's the end of the school year. She so, must uh, get loads our, of roses. Our house is currently uh, becoming inundated with chocolate. If if you want to mail some over, Dean, just to ease the pressure, I'd be happy to take one for the yeah. team there. Um... Some fucker bought her candles. You can't eat them, you <laughs> idiots. <laughs> 
Um, I just want to catch us up. Earlier, Ric Flair tried to hightail it out of here, and Road Warrior Animal stopped him in the traditional babyface spot, stopped the hill from running, carried him back to the ring. Uh, yeah. They just fucking turned hill. I'm getting sick of this. It's it's ridiculous. And I also love the logic that that um that Kimberly is frustrated because she can't get the booty man's attention because he is wrestling in the main event of Nitro. Mm. It yeah, it's it's like if I was at work and someone's trying to get my attention by holding a bunch of roses for me, but I'm in a meeting with the managing director and they're wondering why I'm not paying them any attention. If it was Kimberly Page, mate, I'd quit my job. Yeah, that's true. Just just get out of there with her. <laughs> Drop everything. Yeah. Sorry, sir, but uh, Kimberly Page is outside with a bunch of flowers for your me. Boss, I'll be back your shortly. boss would take one look and say, fair enough, come back when you can. Male or female, they'd say that. It's Kim Page for crying out loud. So this continues to be an absolute free-for-all, which is, it yeah. makes for an intriguing visual on TV. And I'm all for that. It doesn't have to be four-star matches all the time. But the match is also starting to reach its expiry, I, I think. It's, it's used yeah. by date. There's now, only so many spots you can do. I'm, trying, I'm still trying to work out who some of the people are at ringside. Who's the guy in the green cap and green trunks? Oh, I'm going to have to keep to the right left now. there. Um, DDP is there, but yeah. I, I'm I can't work out who that's meant to be. Conan's there, the Blue Bloods are there, but we've now got Hogan has piled up Flair and Sullivan in in the corner. I see the green cap now. Who is that? Hmm. Who is that? One of the uh, Regal is grabbing, trying to grab Savage's foot. So now they've, it, it's, it's kind of they, well, they've got Arn Anderson and the Booty Man are on their tag ropes now, even though it's it's just whatever, you know, anything goes. Savage and Sullivan and Hogan and Flair are fighting in the ring. Why bother enforcing tags now? They should have just carried on for maybe another minute or so and gone home. It was it I don't was think fun. They are. I don't think they are. I just think the two of them couldn't be asked anymore. But they're back in the ring now. Leg Hogan has flare. leg dropped Flair, and that's a three count. Jesus and Flair Christ! Kick, Flair kicks out about <laughs> a second after Hogan gets off him. What a need to think all the all the you know go back and listen to Uncensored '96, and we talk about how needless it was that Flair got pinned at the pay per view. And that's even with without considering the fact that they had him lose here as well. Oh man! And, and also, where is the where is the intrigue? Look, Road Warrior Hawk is now there with with Hogan, the top babyface. Where is the intrigue now that Hogan has Hogan's team have won that with a pin on Flair? It's like surely the the babyfaces should be getting beaten down and should be in trouble and. And should be in peril this whole time. And now he's you... chasing him out of the building for good measure. Yeah. You, know, you want them to be on the back foot thinking, well, they're in trouble with a three on three. How on earth are they going to do a two against eight situation? But but no, it's they're they're invincible. It's the 
it's the big daddy format in the UK, you know, the invincible babyface. There's suddenly no intrigue and no reason to watch it. The Road Warriors are celebrating with the other babyface lumberjacks and the, and the victorious babyface trail. This, this, yeah, I've enjoyed this show, but there's, and yet there's still so much that's just... But Kevin Sullivan was right there for the pin. It just goes to show, I think, um, you know, th- this period is generally regarded as a bit of a low point. Yeah. Obviously, good I times think are coming uh, for WCW. Is that Rick Steiner in the baseball cap, I think? I've just realised. No, it, it can't Rick be, surely. It can't be. Sure it had it to have been someone else. Because it, it, otherwise, the Road Warriors being there makes even less sense. Well, of course it doesn't make sense. This is WCW. Oh, I really hope one of our um, listeners can confirm that that's not Rick Steiner, because otherwise I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we go back to Mean Gene in the ring, Professor Mean Gene. And the hills <laughs> what are my chopper? Sullivan on the subtitle is called Solomon. There, Mango will be furious about that. Poor Mango. Oh, they're still talking about four cages in the Doomsday Cage. Never before seen in the history of wrestling. And never would be seen either because it turned out to be fucking free. Oh, man. So they're referring to Luger as a reluctant partner. What's happened there? Something happened on Saturday because Luger was distancing himself from Jimmy Hart as well. Yeah. Rather than because the the last time Jimmy Hart snuck down and helped him win, he was celebrating with him until Sting read him the right act. But I don't know. Arn Anson's talking about marriage. This uh, promo of Arn's is not his most successful turd polish. <laughs> I'm sorry, I realised I was sat in silence because it's like when Arn Anderson does a promo, you just I I, I just find myself sitting and listening. The cadence, the intensity is yeah standard ten out of ten stuff, but that analogy I thought was a bit is a bit yeah. He's saying like a marriage, this feud will be till death do us part, but. It's, it's not great, is it? Yeah. A bit low on material this week. But then when you have to wrestle and lose to the same people every week, you can't blame him for having a dry no. well. Exactly. This this whole thing is just a, a, a weak feud, and it shouldn't be, given the names in there. But it's just we've seen... I mean, we okay, we saw Arn Anson beat Hogan a couple of times, but it's like ever since then, my God, have they had to pay the price for that. And there's there's no intrigue any longer. Flair's trying to get everyone's attention back by running the ropes and going a bit over the top. Yep. <laughs> They're trying to goad Savage back out with the girls, but, yeah. Were they just... I think they ended a bit too early, didn't they? 
was desperately trying to kill time here. Yeah. And now Ric Flair is singing the whole world in his hands. Now we know where Bray Wyatt ripped off from. <laughs> and we're now going back to um, we're now going back to hope to the the broadcast here. So maybe that main event went a bit short. I don't know because no, it went we, too uh, long. Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah, in that sense, it went too long. But, oh uh, yes, in that sense, definitely. Yeah, time management wise. It must have been the problem there. But, do you know, I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy this episode. And I suppose what helped that yeah. is the fact that, us, you know, 14 years on, or sorry, 24 years on, it's a lot easier to be entertained by bad things. Whereas at the time, I might have been a bit more, oh, this is a bit too, Bob, what's on Raw? Uh, but no, there was a lot of entertainment. Oh, and now Ric Flair's over at the... <laughs> Uh, we're out of time. Yeah, I would I would say this is this is a, a pass, not a strong pass, but it's a pass. There was there was some good action, there were some interesting matchups, and as I said, fortunately for them in this instance, some of the crappiness of it has become over time it's become perversely entertaining. Whereas we've kind of given a foul two episodes that just offered no redeeming features whatsoever. But I yes. suppose any, any episode where you have Ric Flair just storming every interview position going to <laughs> to embark yes. on an epileptic fit is uh, <laughs> it's just typical Flair madness at the end there, really. Yes. Just um, by means of comparison, because I always like to do this, Raw was a live Raw from San Antonio, Texas, um, which had a main event of Undertaker and Yokozuna facing... Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith, um, plus um, oh, a couple of squash matches, and Savio Vega and Steve Austin with Ted DiBiase. So that was when he was the ringmaster. He'd only just recently debuted um, by that point, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that was your um, that was your your Raw competition. Um, quite a good main event there, I would have thought. But well, that sounds like quite the intriguing episode. For maybe. Only for a diehard fan, but I think for, for for a dedicated wrestling fan, you've got Undertaker and Yokozuna teaming up. You know, former rivals. Uh, yeah. And obviously, they've not long kicked Yoko out of Camp Cornette because Vader's there now. But um, yeah, and you've got the early beginnings of a, a really underappreciated feud between Steve Austin and Savio Vega. That yeah. really helped Austin early on. That feud with yeah. Savio. So um so next week on the Nitro we have got um it's it's a tag team heavy episode our mate we've got Hogan and Savage v Sullivan and Flair in a tornado tag match so another variation of the same theme as such I wonder who do um, the job there yeah um we've got the the Road Warriors Nasty Boys match that we're meant to have this week we've got Steiners against Public Enemy Arn Anderson against Booty Man and Lex Luger defending the World Television Championship against Loch Ness of all oh, people oh so I'm looking forward to the next watch along it sounds it's a lot of matches compared to what it normally offer us but yeah should be intriguing on the road to gulp uncensored 1996 
indeed right well we will leave it there for this week thank you ever so much everybody for downloading and listening to us please do let us know what you think please do subscribe rate and review us and you can find us on twitter at because wcw or facebook.com forward slash because wcw we'll be back very shortly with another episode on behalf of liam this is me the twisted genius saying thanks for listening and we'll see you ringside